Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. Welcome to new friends and hello again to longtime friends. And so today we are going to discuss if your reality is highly subjective or asking that question, is reality highly subjective through how we see the world and is there an important lesson we can take from that understanding if we find that to be true. So, but then before we get into that, as always, uh, for more content, check out the bonus episode feed using the links below. I dropped a bonus episode on alcohol and psychedelics today. And as always, thank you for your support. So let's get right into it though. So today's episode, like I said, it's an understanding I'm trying to fully understand. I'm still trying to grasp it and comprehend and try to find the best way to express this. And I'm still thinking about this in general because I want to get into this idea of not only subjective reality, but also using this understanding to get into a separation of religion and spirituality because I want to start getting into that stuff. And then also the nihilism type stuff is coming because I do think I can kind of correlate them to some degree and try my best. So what I want you to do is try to remain open to what I'm saying in this episode and feel free to let me know if I don't make any sense or I fuck up a bunch but let's get into it. So every single human being on this earth holds its own unique subjective experience. And to me, that statement isn't really controversial for most people. And I think especially my audience based on the feedback I've received. So this is a reality, a sort of truth, I guess you could say, that shapes the beliefs and thoughts in all of our existence. This subjective lens we see the world through that shapes how we see the world. Uh, So this reality, I think, and this truth or whatever you want to call what I'm describing can help us recognize, become aware, and better understand those views we find absurd in society and better understand the place they're coming from. You can still disagree with them, right? I'm not saying we can't just like disagree about things and we can't have like spectrums of truth or whatever. The point is, is this understanding to me and I know I haven't fully explained it yet, but I want to kind of get my goal out of the way. This understanding can keep you open to hearing new perspectives, to taking in possible insights from those perspectives before you close off from various perspectives, even the ones that you find absurd, before you can find that grain of truth, that that grain of insight or that grain or area that maybe you disagree with and now you found a new way to disagree with it, that type of thing. So let me try to get into this. So we ask ourselves, how could anyone believe X viewpoint? So we have to understand why, what brought that person, that person's subjective lens to believe that. So the question is, have you considered how that person sees the world through their own unique subjective view? They're for example, you do you consider their genetic makeup, where they were born, the values their parents held, and all the encounters that built that human, that that person, that that mindset that created their subjective view. If we want to better understand our fellow human, we must attempt to look into the reality they've created around themselves, the ego they've created around themselves. So all those variables that make a person's subjective experience create the lens they see the world through. So now we can look to internalize this understanding of everyone having a a unique lens, right? So once we understand this, we can learn to more thoughtfully accept those views we find absurd. At least this is 
what I believe, I guess you could say. And I'm hoping I can kind of convince you of a similar mindset. So we can see those absurd views as a result of that human's own unique reasoning through their subjective lens. So with this understanding of the unique lens, we can understand that we too have our own subjective perception of the world. And what will we do with that? What will we do with our subjective lens that we can mold and create? You are in control of your unique lens to some extent, of course, but you're, you can help shape it by under kind of by understanding it where you can shape the values, beliefs, judgments, and worldview you see the world through. Now, of course, because I'm going to get into this, why you know people have the subjective worldviews they do or subjective lenses they do, and it takes like a very conscious awareness to start to alter that because, like I said, our childhood, I went through this too, my childhood upbringing, where I grew up, the location I grew up, the schools I went to, the classes I took, the people I surrounded myself with, all of that molded who I became, right? And a lot of that is just the way I like, I like to imagine it as I say it as coding. So it's like you insert a, a code into a computer and it spits out a program and it does something, right? And that's a similar thing. It ta- it, you had this coding into you. You have this coding of what creates your values, your beliefs, and all that that were taken in by your experiences, your genetics, all that stuff. And it put, put something out. Now you can change your coding to an extent by becoming aware of it and trying to go in and access that coding. I know that sounds super abstract and and wookie or whatever, but I hope you kind of understand that concept of what I'm trying to get into here. So as you continue towards understanding the grand cosmos around you, you shape your beliefs towards the reality you wish to live in. Okay, but first, is reality really subjective? Let's try to get into that. And I want to bring up a quote that, Soren Kierkegaard said, subjectivity is truth. So kind of sit with that for a moment. So consider the idea I put forward about every human having their own unique subjective experience. Now, take a common understanding of objective reality, where objective reality exists independently of us. It's not a controversial definition, right? Objective reality is independent of us. If we all disappeared, objective reality would still exist. That idea. So in the objective reality that we perceive, a flower remains a flower, whether or not a creature is perceiving said object, in this case, the flower. So although each individual's experience of that flower varies because of their subjective experience, that's that can remain true. However, since the human mind and body are similar from person to person, our perception and experiences of that flower seem seem similar enough to define what is a flower, how we categorize a flower. And I hope you can begin to see here after that understanding, like, okay, that's observing, let's say, a flower, a tree, uh, a, a, a beautiful mountain, a beautiful sunset, those in general. And we call that something because we experience a similar effect. But then it gets more complicated when we start talking about morality and values and like those various storylines we live by, economics. So all of a sudden more disagreement arises that where it is in the objective world starts becoming less clear. So, okay, so if if you're stuck on the subjective experience idea, consider an ant, for example. A human perception of a flower is 
differs vastly from an ant's perception of the same flower. The ant's perception of the flower isn't any less real than a human perception of the flower, but humans see life through a similar lens that leads us to follow the perceptions we perceive to share. But the ant doesn't have that same sort of perception of the flower. It has its own unique subjective perception. So we are using our, the point of this though, so we're using our subjective perception to perceive an objective reality. So we only value objective reality where it becomes useful through our own subjective perceptions of the world. An objective universe, for example, can exist out there, independent. But we only comprehend a limited portion because of our subjective experience that we're trying to understand the objective reality from. Thus, objective reality becomes a perception that is real enough to navigate this reality. It's real enough in the sense that we can rely on our subjective perceptions to an extent, but we kind of have to go about understanding that it's real enough, but it isn't the real one, the real, the real perception, the real truth, the final point, the end goal, the understanding, right? So how could this internalization of reality help us understand individual and society and make us more open, right? So let's, let's bring up another quote by Siren Kierkegaard. I must find a truth that is true for me. And now, now, sit with that one for a moment, right? So let's bring this back to why this fundamental understanding can be useful for helping us coexist, you know, understand and get along with our fellow humans. The subjective perception of objective reality is a truth. I think much of society knows in their bones it doesn't it does not accept, or maybe they just don't want to accept. We know that, for example, through our understanding of evolution, evolution hasn't really programmed us for truth. We have all these biases, we have all these protection systems, and the desire to procreate, and all this stuff that's that's kind of pushing us away from truth and moving us towards survival. We know that our programming uses intricate stories to tell us how to live our lives. Truth isn't really telling us how to live our lives, right? It's it's this it's this need for survival. At least that's our current understanding. Yet we are grasping for some foundation to build upon, some truth, something to grasp on, some tether, some objective notion. We want to believe what we do is relying on truth instead of a story. We as humans want to believe we can govern nature and control it and be like God. See, nature continues to remind us that it governs us. So the idea of one organism governing all the others because of our perception of superiority is truly an absurd idea, and that one organism being humans. So this understanding can bring us, I think, to terms with how our life is not colored in black and white. It's filled with complexity, a complexity That should humble us when trying to understand different perspectives of those around us. So not only do I want us to understand this concept of subjective lens, but understand how you are shaping your own lens. Ask yourself about the beliefs you proclaim to hold. Think of the political doctrines, the religious doctrines, the scientific doctrines we hold as the truth. So ask yourself, what happens when we do this? What happens when we proclaim, look at over here, I have found the truth. What happens to us? What happens then? 
Do we truly remain open to alternative possibilities, alternative supposed truths, or do we stop thinking about existence itself, become content, and just live in that, whether it's harmful or not? So the why and our reason for acting or reason for accepting something is often an extension of our surroundings. And not all of us can control our surroundings completely. We didn't control where we were born, where we were born into, the parents we have, the genetic makeup we have, uh, the schooling we were necessarily given right away. It takes a while for us to begin to have choice in extents. And after we begin to have choice, we already have to decode a bunch of coding that we didn't really have control over. That's something we have to accept. But what can we do with that reality? So we don't have full control over the subjective reality we see the world through. But once we begin that, that understanding, we can start seeing what we think we don't have control over and see what we can do with that as well. So we are shaped by, for example, billions upon billions of variables that lead us towards the choices, the beliefs, and understandings we hold. All of those variables, unsurprisingly, do not allow us to do the right thing, whatever that means, in every given moment. And I put right thing in quotation marks because what is the right thing? But it also fails to allow us to always believe the right thing. Like I said, whatever that means. I'm using right thing in a very general connotation. So, but understanding this can allow us, I think, to open our minds to the acceptance of others. So compassion, for example, I think, is a necessary way forward. Nobody changes the minds of others on a mass scale through through anger, aggression, and hatred. We take the most powerful messages in through the expression of compassion, understanding, and openness. So using compassion, kindness, and openness as my subjective lens, or part of my subjective lens, I should say, to see reality through, right? And doing this over anger, hatred, and aggression. That's a reality I'm working towards. I want I'm hoping maybe maybe others would consider working towards as well. So like so the way I think of it is, in a sense, negativity creates this disagreement. And then disagreement creates some level of hostility. And then hostility, what does that create? It creates a chaos. And when this happens on a massive scale, and chaos we see as the opposite of peace, all of a sudden society seems not so peaceful. It seems chaotic, unorganized, and confusing. Not always as happy as it could be. So maybe a peaceful world is one we all should be striving for. One that is more peaceful if we do a better job of trying to understand the subjective lens that someone else is living through. Understand why they hold the beliefs they do. What what life experiences brought them to the state of being they're living through. So recognize that everyone, in a sense, is taking a leap of faith in what they hold to be their reality. When we accept accept the subjective nature of our perception, we begin to compassionately understand the different truths of our fellow humans, no matter how absurd. And I want to, to leave you with a couple of quotes. You don't have to entirely agree with them. I don't even know if I fully agree with them. I just find them thought-provoking. But I want you to ponder them. So here's the first one. The clash between science and religion has not shown that religion is false and science is true. It has shown that all systems of definition are relative to various purposes and that none of them actually grasp reality. And that's a quote by Alan Watts. And I'll leave you with this. Truth is subjectivity by Sjorn Kierkegaard. 
But as always, thank you for listening. Check out the links below to stay up to date with the show and check out the Discord and stay up to date with content to come. And as always, I really appreciate you all listening and uh, peace.